Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are you lads? Con Mort here. Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking. Just wanted to say uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks, how do? You're very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast, season 7, episode 2. You're listening to myself, TJ, and we're joined by a man who you may know quite well at this stage, your very own Fat Larry. How do, Fat Larry? How do, TJ? How are you keeping? It's good to be here. It's been a long time since I was on this podcast with you, TJ. It's far, far, far too long, so it's great to be back you know, these podcasts, TJ, it's, it's, it's not like the old days when we used to come on here and have a long list of things to give out about and to complain about, about Mayo football. Everything is just going so, so well at the moment. And the fact here now that we are recording a second podcast in just three weeks highlights how well things are going for Mayo. Myself and yourself, TJ, we usually have the Cordial Mayo jackets on us when recording, but the, the fever is so high at the minute now, it's so warm in here that we had to strip down to our jocks and that's what we're doing this evening. So it's great to be back. Thank you for painting that beautiful picture for the Mayo are back loyalist listeners right around the globe, wherever you're tuning into the show today. We better set the scene. We are coming to you live from our brand new podcast studio, formerly known as My Living Room. And we're here, you know, until basically Sam comes home. We're not going to leave this year. We're not going to leave any stone unturned in our search for Sam this season. And it's a testament to our Mayo boyeens, Fat Larry, that we've nearly recorded as many podcasts this year as we did in the entirety of last year. So it's great to be back. And it's great to be just getting at it all over again. And this Mayo team, they have us in the sort of humour you wouldn't be getting into till about July, August late September but they have us peaking very early this year as it were Fat Larry and it's a fabulous feeling for sure TJ and uh, indeed up Mayo to you too Uh, last year we saw you know a couple of the players you know maybe hint at quite a toxic atmosphere in the Mayo setup. things just seem to go a little bit stale under James Horn in 2022 and that toxic negative atmosphere just seemed to filter into the Mayo or back team as well and into the Mayo or back diaspora this year no more than the Mayo team TJ there's a real sense of positivity in our podcasting in our uh, engagements with the hundreds and hundreds of Mayo inbreds who follow us on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot and we're just feeling really really good about our chances for the the lie of the land, we are just after finishing round six of the Shra Alliance League. Mayo recording a comprehensive win over Donegal above in Bally Buffet. TJ, I had my, my brown book of uh, Mayo GA history out last week. Oh. And I went back through the annals, back through the history of Mayo GA, and I came to a very interesting discovery I discovered completely off my own bat that Mayo had never won a national Shra Allianz Picture League game above in Bally Buffet ever and that was the bit of research that I was doing all last week it was absolutely phenomenal to think TJ but wow did we put that hoodoo to bed in spectacular fashion last Sunday 
We said how do to the hoodoo when we went up to Bally Buffet, and it really was a buffet for the Mayo forwards. Matty Ruan went up in the first half three times and he came down with three beautiful points, as did the audacious Audio Shea who went up and he had his fill as well. And even in the second half, we seen young Ryan O'Donoghue, he went up and he'd had enough of the points at that stage. He went straight for the goal and straight for the onion bag. And what a goal that was, Fat Larry. It was the type of move that had me edging on the edge of my seat all the way up there. And to see one man beside him, now he mightn't get the credit... But young Brian McBreen mm. from Balahadreen was standing on the 14-yard line screaming for that ball like no full-back ever should be in their lives. But I suppose it's that sort of reckless abandonment we have in our attacking play and that sort of swashbuckling style that we demonstrated so well up in Donegal at the weekend. And indeed, TJ, to steal a quote from a very, very well-respected Mayo or back inbred, he said he woke up on Monday morning, TJ, and he said... His sheets were Kevin McStained and I think a lot of Mayo supporters would have felt the exact same way and found themselves in a very similar situation waking up on Monday morning after witnessing what we did above in Bally Buffet. One time TJ if you know Donald Vaughan or Chris Barrett or one of those Mayo fullbacks sallied up the pitch and found themselves up in the opposition six yard box we would have absolutely berated them in the podcast in the week following that game. But look at Everything that's happening at the moment for Mayo is going right. We're not seeing any of the negatives whatsoever. It's all good. It's all positive. You know, we have defenders attacking, attackers defending. That's what it's all about. You know, we've got so many new guys coming in here now, putting their putting their mark on this Mayo team in, in every sense of the word. And it's just looking like it's going to be a very fruitful summer for Mayo. That result above in Ballybuffet TJ means that we have qualified for the Shra Alliance League final uh, to be played in two weeks' time against an unknown opponent. But it means now, TJ, that we can go in against Monaghan at the weekend now and we can you know, possibly return to the good old days of getting a good hammering from Ulster teams in McHale Park, which we are far more accustomed to. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen at all because all of this winning TJ, it's just kind of, it's hard to get the head around. I don't know, Fat Larry. I think that Kevin McShay, if you look at some of the things he's tried to put into place this year, one of those aspects was he wants to make McHastings Broker Insurance and Limited Partners, McHale Park, mm. a fortress. It has an absolute fortress of a name. Is it a fortress by nature? So far this season, on the basis of all the evidence you've seen, you'd have to say yes. And it's those simply stunning performances at home that have the Mayo supporters riding on the chest of a wave at the moment. And just to hone in on something you were saying there, Fat Larry, uh, with regards to Sheets, that resonated very much so with me. Very Mm. much indeed. I'd say there wasn't a Mayo fan in the house that woke up on Monday morning to dry bed sheets. And it's one of the expenses that we encounter as Mayo fans. You know, we are known for our extremely deep pockets. I suppose when you look back over the last 10 years, I've probably left the deposit for a house scattered across Drumcondra and Crow Park and the surrounding areas. But one of the prices that you don't factor in at all is the bed sheets. If I have to go into Elvery's and buy another two-for-one Mayo mm. bedspread this side of the National League, I'm going to be absolutely crippled financially. So I want the Mayo team to excite me, but not to excite me as much as they have been so far. So as we look towards this clash against Monaghan, as you described it, which very much so could be described as being on this Sunday, we will have to, I suppose, try and dampen some of the 
sheer arousal that you'll see throughout the stand. And you'll see Mayo supporters in complete and utter harmony with each other, which is rare to see that yeah. in McHale Park. And totally in harmony and in unison with the players who are on the field. We are the best supporters in Ireland when the team is playing well. We have been known in the past to be uh, have high expectations of this Mayo team and to be quite abusive of them when they don't meet those standards. But... I suppose, looking at Kevin McShay's influence and the amount of jizz that this team is playing with, maybe there's something to be said for positive reinforcement from the fans as opposed to that overwhelming negativity we're more used to. Absolutely, that's something we would have been far more accustomed to down through the years and unfortunately for us in Mayo we must keep our feet firmly on the ground because when you think when things go wrong, TJ, in Mayo GA, boy, do they go catastrophically wrong. So let's enjoy what we are experiencing at the moment as Mayo supporters and indeed Mayo half-bakes as well. These days don't come along very often. You know, Mayo haven't won many national titles in their time. So look at, I know we'll be playing Roscommon seven days after the Alliance League final, but that's no excuse for us to put on the handbrake now and to take a step back and to play conservatively. I think we need to go out and we need to go all out, TJ, to win this Alliance League title. I've always said the Alliance League is the premier competition in the GA and it's the one, you know, that's the most competitive and it's the ones that teams all across the country really want to win. So for me now, just to dampen expectations, I think, you know, if Mayo were to go out now and win the Alliance League, that would be an FBD League title in the back pocket and an Alliance League title. Look at if Mayo don't go on after that and achieve anything during the summer, I think it will be a very, very positive and fruitful year for the Mayo team. Now, before I get into my next point, I do want to stop at this venture and say, up Mayo, because I believe that's a very important sentiment to echo at this stage. And I will then go on to say, Fat Larry, and this doesn't often happen on this podcast. Normally, we're both singing very much off the same hymn sheet. But I have to say to you now, Fat Larry, that I totally and utterly and absolutely fundamentally disagree with what you're after saying there. Mm. I would say that the FGB Championship is the one that Mayo should be targeting. And really and truly... We saw managers in the past, and I won't name any names, but if you can think back now as to who the last few managers we had were, they did not put enough emphasis on the FGB League. They were treating it as a kind of a Mickey Mouse winter competition. We know that it's bigger than that. Mm. It's more important than that. Nothing beats being there. I wasn't there myself, but just from a, you know, kind of... It's a figure of speech, Fat Larry. Nothing would beat being there if I was there. And the way that Mayo played with such gusto in those games really set out the template for the year. And I don't think that we're going to be caught between now and the last weekend in July. I think that it's all uphill. But that started with the foundation stone that was the FCA League. Indeed, absolutely. And, you know... It's a competition, TJ, that we love very, very dearly here. We think back to the glory days. We think to the the days, you know, where Aidan Campbell was going out kicking 1-2 above in Ballon Robe. We think of the time that Peter Dravens put on that wonderful display inside in McHale Park. Legends of the Mayo, uh, the Mayo team. FBD League legends. And what I think now we must do is this current Mayo team playing with the spirit of those Mayo legends must go now and finish the job for all of those players that went on before them. And I think now this year, 
this year looks like a golden opportunity for us TJ the rest of the teams around the county look around the country should I say look completely and utterly shit there's counties out there who don't seem to know what's going on Kerry are you know going out and almost losing to Roscommon below in Tralee at the weekend Armagh you know the swashbuckling Armagh we think back to last year the Mayo Kerry quarter final was overshadowed by that wonderful wonderful game of attacking football against between Armagh and Galway those two teams went out and played complete and utter shit above in Armagh at the weekend so it looks like a lot of teams are losing their way teams are struggling they don't seem to know their best teams they don't seem to know what style of play to use as for Mayo TJ we are going out we are playing with our trousers down around our ankles. We're playing with a reckless abandon that we haven't seen probably since Pat Noel managed Mayo in the Connacht Championship of 2015. We are playing full of spunk and jizz. We are playing with confidence. And on the sideline, TJ, we are being manged by a manger who just seems completely at ease with himself and is also, by all accounts, a massive inbred himself. Mm. Stylistically, Fat Larry, I agree with everything that you've said there. What you said about Kevin McShay was on the money. And just the approach that this Mayo team have had, they really are putting boot to ball in a way that we haven't seen since probably the days of 1950 and 1951, when famously the ball was hoofed high throughout the game from start to finish. But we're doing it again this year, and we're doing it with... A newfound star of the Mayo team. You've you've heard of the A6, the A7, the A8. We're now watching the A13. Audi inside, close to goal, playing with his tail held high between his legs. And no defender in the country has been able to put it up to him this year. We've seen the use of the attacking mark. We've seen how much of a sharp shooter he is from freeze from play. From, from play and even from freeze. And I will use this opportunity not to not to call yourself out, Fat Larry, but to call out a certain few Mayo fans out there. Detractors of Audio Shea. People I've who, never criticised Audio Shea. Ever. No, no, we've been very pro Audio Shea in this podcast. We've been protractors. But there's a lot of detractors out there. And I just think they should be hanging their heads in shame as they listen to this podcast. They know very much who they are. Some of them message me privately. Some of them whisper it in my ears when I meet them in town. They're an absolute disgrace. Actually, I'd nearly stretch that. I'd go as far as saying they're a number five disgrace. Because they'll be the first men standing in Crow Park in two weeks' time saying, Go on, Aiden, give the ball to Aiden. I've seen this shite before, Fat Larry. And it sickens me to the back teeth of my gut to hear fellas going on like that. And they know who they are. Absolutely, TJ. And I feel, you know, myself and yourself, TJ, not to be blowing up our own trumpet here or, or any kind of a, a rusty trumpet for that matter. We have always said, TJ, in either, you know, some kind of a joint capacity that myself and yourself would have always made fantastic Mayo senior football managers. And I tell you why that is. If you look back at the career of Audio Shea, TJ, the mangers who have gone around and slapped him on the bum and filled him up with confidence and really, you know, made him feel nice and special. They were the managers who extracted the most juice out of Audio O'Shea. And I feel, TJ, as two fellas who are very fond of going around slapping Mayo players on the ass if we can, we would have done a fantastic job. And we have said here, TJ, for a long, long time, to put big Audio O'Shea, pull him out of the garage, put him inside, put him out the front of Connolly's garage there where everyone can see him in beside the goal where he can do the damage he's a fine big boy TJ and there's not many fullbacks as you said so correctly there 
there's not many fullbacks in the country who are going to be able to put a stop to Edo because he's too hot to handle TJ. Correct. You don't keep a brand new 2023 motor in the shed and, and, and only bring fellas around to look at it the odd time. You keep that out the front of the house so every nosy bollocks on the road will see it every time they go mm. by. And Edo's playing at the front of the house this year for Kevin McShay. And he's gotten the most out of his namesake with some of the fabulous ball that's been going in for them. You look at the likes of uh, Quasimodo Carney and some of the frenetic fisting and kicking that he's been doing. Dr. Jeremy O'Connor, Gordon Flynn. There's a smattering of young players here who know how to feed the beast. And feed the beast and he will deliver. And he has been delivering in exceptional form so far this year. And whether it was Kevin McShay and his team sticking his head under the bonnet or sticking his hand into the trunk of the car mm. and operating the changing the operating systems a little bit, it has us producing some absolutely fantastic performances on the field to play. And I very much hope and predict that this will continue over the course of the season and further into the future. And just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. We reached out to Mayo Halfbakes and Inbreds uh, TJ during the week there and we asked them to, to manifest ourselves and they manifested themselves in great numbers. Um, there's a lot of very positive and very, very happy Mayo Inbreds out there. Um, we would like to thank all of those, of course, who, as always, get in touch. New and old followers. It's great to see some new followers jumping on the bandwagon, TJ, this year. But that's that's what you love to see. You know, Kevin McStay seems to have drummed up this new interest in Mayo football. There's a new breed of inbreds following this Mayo team. You know, there's more children out on the sod at McHale Park at halftime than ever before and things are just really going in the right direction now hopefully this weekend we're playing Monaghan at home hopefully we'll be seeing lots more inbreds out on the pitch uh, at halftime and indeed at full time enjoying the, the sod and that should set us up nicely then for what should be a formality I feel really TJ with the form that may open in this year it's very hard to see us not winning the Alliance League at this venture Agreed and you cannot underestimate Mayor Back's role in that because if you look back down through the annals and they're all available there online lads if you haven't listened recently you should go back to season one episode one and bring your brain on a euphoric Mayo journey but we know that when we came in first we were ruffling a couple of feathers as it were and we'll hold our hands up and say that it was our fault we lost the 2016 and 2017 All-Ireland Finals but what you have in year seven Fat Larry is you have podcasters 
coming into a rich vein of form. We're kind of veterans of the game at this stage, as it were. And we're using our expertise to impart little nuggets, little details to this Mayo team. And some of them have been listening to this Mayo are back podcast since they were 13, 14, 15 mm. years of age. And they're the ones breaking through onto this team now. And it's fair to say they've been groomed in such a way by the Mayo Academy and the Mayo are back podcast that they are showing their stuff on the field. And the first question that's come in from one of our eagle-eared listeners, one of the Mayo are back loyalists, and it really strikes me, Fat Larry, how much these Mayo inbreds have their fingers on the pulse or their fingers up the arse of this Mayo team at times. One man is wondering, has Jack Coyne replaced Fergal Boland as the heartthrob in this Mayo team? Well, TJ, for listeners of this podcast, you might have listened back, probably back to the early days of season six or maybe the, the end of season five. Some of you listeners might remember on a particular occasion, a time where I thought possibly that I might be cancelled by Mayo or back or might have actually had to resign. I very, very uh, vehemently called out the whole of East Mayo on this podcast and I told them that they were an absolute disgrace Mm -hmm. and I told them that they should be ashamed of themselves. And you know what those guys did rather than getting pissy and moaning and complaining about what I had to say? They used my words, TJ, as inspiration and they went away and they've trained really, really hard. And what we are seeing now is an East Mayo section of the country whose heads are firmly up their own arse. If you look through the Mayo team, starting the full back line, you mentioned there Jack Coyne. Jack Coyne is absolutely stunning and a gorgeous guy and a guy who personally I think is absolutely fabulous. He is having a wonderful season for Mayo in the full back line. He is ably assisted there beside him by another man from East Mayo, David McDavid. Um, Balladrine man, a fantastic guy. Looks like a young Donald Vaughan with that, you know, mad stride. He, he He could take the head off an opposition player or sally up the field and kick a score in equal measure. You don't know what he's going to do. Big, strong, fabulous fella. We're big fans of him here in the page. Up front there, you've got Paul Towie. You know, I think, personally, TJ, it's an absolute disgrace that he's not getting more time. Mm. You know, but there just seems to be something about a certain type of player that, you know, seems to struggle to get in the Mayo team. Obviously, as you mentioned there, Fergal Boland is one of the finest players in the co- in the whole county, probably in the whole world, and he's not part of the Mayo team this year. And if Fergal is out there listening, Fergal, I know you're not part of the Mayo team at the minute, but... If myself and TJ here were managing the team, we would have you playing number eight inside in midfield there alongside Maddie Ruan. Fabulous guys. East Mayo is having a real, real good spell now, TJ. Well, there will be bonfires along the roads in East Mayo tonight as they listen to this feedback from Fat Larry. This is the affection they always craved. And I suppose it just sings of a Mayo team in perfect harmony at the moment, in complete unison with each other, with all four areas of the country working together effortlessly and coming together on the field so joyously and And indeed TJ East Mayo has and always will be in its own unique and special way it will always be the most backward and inbred part of Mayo indeed I suppose that might be the fact that they're from near Roscommon they're they're on the Roscommon Roscommon border there it's a real hotbed of inbreeding over that way Um, but when that part of the county is going well the Mayo team indeed is going well also I would say they're all going absolutely fabulously well at this stage. Now there's 
just literally so many texts have come in here that it's a lot of hard to TJ in these questions yeah it's hard to keep up with them you know I suppose the the teleprompter there's literally hundreds of texts but one one woman has got in touch and she has this very important message she'd like to share with all Mayo supporters and that is Mayo do 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 and I don't think that can be understated at this stage of the season because we have heard the familiar Mayo 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 chant ring out on occasion but when I know that the Mayo team are going at full tilt and the Mayo fans are going at full tilt is when you hear that famous Mayo do 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 style approach from the top of the stand to the bottom and I wouldn't be surprised now if our old favourite of the podcast and a big fan of us as we are of him Stephen Rockford our assistant manager this year whether he might start getting that chant going from the sideline the fans are very responsive to what they see on the field of play mm. in front of them. So I wouldn't mind seeing Rachi getting up and down, maybe starting a few Mexican waves with the crowds, maybe getting the Mayo do-do-do going. Just generally geeing up the inbreds in a, in a monumental way because we will need to bring that this weekend. It is understood that Monaghan find themselves in a regulation battle and they could be setting sail for Division 2 if Mayo give them a routine spanking this weekend. But you would expect them to come out and have a right good go at it from the very get-go. Absolutely, TJ. And I suppose Stephen Rochford being assistant manager this year, it might free him up and take a little bit of the pressure off him to allow him to be a little bit more inbred on game days, which obviously will help this Mayo team no end. Um, two, two points that are standing out to me, TJ, off the teleprompter here. Uh, the first one, there's a lot of people who are concerned. You know, we discussed last year, TJ, about the great work that had been done in Mayo GA in terms of the strength and conditioning of the players mm-hmm. over the last number of years, that a lot of work had gone in in that area. It's not something TJ is, me and you know well, that happens overnight. You have to do it over years and years and years. And there's a worry here now that during the winter, a couple of Mayo players have ruined that strength and conditioning work by going into the barbers and getting their hair cut Obviously, losing Oshin Mullen to Australia didn't help, but a lot of people are concerned, TJ, about the length of Pork O'Hora's hair. Is there anything we can say to Mayo inbreds that might put them at ease? I don't know, Fat Larry. It had me kind of a bit shook on the edge of my seat the last day as well, and I suppose he may find himself warming the bench at the moment and not getting his full game time and I would say it's possibly directly related to the cutting Mm. of the fabulous man bun that we so very loved right across Mayo and even further afield right around the world it was respected but he's finding himself now in a situation where it's cut short it's possibly dyed not quite dyed or bleached but is there a hint of a frosted tip there at the top it was kind of styled in a bit of a mohawk the last Mm. day and I kind of I don't know, it's taking me a little bit of getting used to. I, you know, if I had my way, I'd love to see the flowing locks strength and conditioned to perfection and shampooed out the gate. But at the moment, it is looking short. And maybe there's something to be said for it, Fat Larry. Maybe Mayo players who don't spend so long tying up their hair have more time to be practicing on their weaker foot against the gable wall. Would Correct. that be maybe Kevin McShay's influence on the team? You would sincerely hope so, TJ. And I mean, look, at it, it's a bold call from Pora Gohora. I, I do hope that it pays off for him. You know, I hope that he manages to manifest himself into his hair in the way he did with his old hairstyle. Because, you know, you think back, 
you know, before he let the hair grow long, you could have kind of said he was a bit of a bit part player under Stephen Rochford the last time he was managing the Mayo team. He was featuring in a lot of DBF games, the big games, but he wasn't featuring in the smaller games then in the All-Ireland series or in the Connacht Championship for that matter as well. So look at hopefully... We probably won't see it this year unless he maybe, you know, possibly gets hair extensions maybe or maybe goes on a, maybe puts in some hair oil maybe or something like that to make his hair grow a little bit quicker. But we might have to wait for 2024 to see those long flowing locks back again. Um, the, the One of the other sediments, TJ, that jumped out for me, you were talking earlier about how, you know, Mayo are putting boot to ball this year mm. in the, 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 the Alliance League and it's great to see we're letting the ball in it's going in fast and long it's going in early it's been peppered all over all the O'Shea and James Caron the rod inside and full forward line just for yourself TJ as a guy who has obviously been around the block many many times before mm. are you a little bit concerned that Mayo rather than you know choosing to fist the ball over the bar when they go one on one or indeed two on one with the goalie would you like to see Mayo maybe taking the, the, the fisted approach more than going for goal every time? I would, Fat Larry, to be quite honest with you. And it is something that's given me a little bit of food for thought over the last couple of weeks. And it's a, a thought that wakes me up sometimes at five o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat. This idea of Ryan O'Donoghue bearing down on goal. And now, in fairness, he did finish it delightfully, exquisitely, in fact. And he put Donegal to the rod last weekend. But I think in situations like that where you could be coming up against a, a Stephen Cluxton or uh, one of the other famous goalkeepers on the circuit, maybe the fisted score would be worth more to you at that point. Mm. I know a goal outweighs a point in many ways, but the way that a fisted point gets the inbreds in the stands all G'd up, I just think it is worth more to the team. And I think it's something that they could consider as they listen to this on their on their way to bed tonight. They're probably visualising and they're probably manifesting and maybe even manifesting themselves, as it were. But I think they should just think of that sediment about the fisted score. One man who will never say no to a fisted score is Dr. Jeremy O'Connor. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him cropping up over the next week or two. That fella, he crops up everywhere on the pitch. I wouldn't be surprised to see him cropping up in my wardrobe or seeing him out the back shed one of the evenings because he's just everywhere. Every single yeah. blade of grass in Bally Buffet was covered by that man last weekend. And many of the more blades of grass on the warm-up pitch and even on the way home, walking out to the, the van, the Correct. Mayo Kit van, yeah. he was still covering ground. He actually ran home then from Bally Buffet all the way down to Ballantubber, which is a, a tremendous feat. But he wanted to get the GPS stats up nice and high. Absolutely, TJ. Gerald O'Connor, in my opinion, he's a bit like a turnip. He's absolutely everywhere you put him in the ground in spring and you cover him over with clay and then you don't see him you don't see him he's doing you know for for all the world he's disappeared he's gone you can't see him and then come the autumn come the end of the season he just explodes up out of the ground but it's that unseen work tj it's the unseen work that jeremy o'connor does we wouldn't be where we are without him you know he does the the hard graft he does the the unglamorous stuff the 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 bits and pieces tj that myself and yourself mightn't be fond of doing but he has a really really important role in the team and on our own behalf we would like to congratulate him on achieving 100 caps for the for excuse me for the Mayo uh, senior football team absolutely phenomenal achievement um, a guy as you said TJ is very fond of fisting the ball in our Q&A on Instagram there a lot of people were asking us to give a shout out for another group of Mayo men 
who are very fond of fisting and usually fisting in four-walled rooms. That, of course, is the Mayo handball team. They're a group of men who kind of gave the GA a go and gave the football and the hurling a go. And they kind of, they were this real kind of outcast group of GA men who kind of didn't agree with the hopping and the, the solo and part or the kick passing or the kick and scores. They were in it to fist each other. And that is what they're doing. And I believe the Mayo over 40s handball team had a great weekend. They won the four walled All-Ireland. Um, and indeed, TJ, I hope that we ourselves will be able to win the no wall or indeed one or two all All-Ireland, whatever version of the All-Ireland we are playing in this year. I sincerely hope that we ourselves get a hold of an All-Ireland of our own. Well, if the Mayo handball masters over 40 years of age are able to secure the four wall All-Ireland with such relative ease, I hope that it's the first of many this season, Fat Larry, and we do wish well to all of our teams who go out and represent the country with such pride, whether it's under 11 Camogie B Championships or under 15 Fela Painting Championships. If you're representing Mayo, you can be sure that the Mayo are Back podcast is behind you and the loyal, loyal listenership of Mayo are Back are there behind you every single step of the way. Now, I suppose you're probably wondering... What's coming up over the course of the show today? And I suppose hmm. we better just introduce things. I'm TJ and this is Fat Larry beside me. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Mayo's win over Donegal at the weekend. It was a fabulous, frenetic and fist-filled performance up in Bally Buffet. We're also going to be looking ahead, as it were, to the Mayo versus Monaghan clash taking place in Park Sean Elvery's McHale next weekend. As well as that, we might just touch on the league final permutations as to who we might be playing and what to expect on that given day and of course we'll be turning the focus to the mayor back fans who have been in touch with their questions all of that and much much more coming up over the course of today's podcast once we finish this uh, introductory period that we're currently in the podcast indeed tj is tipping along nicely now and is going by in an absolute flash now and i suppose we're becoming Ever closer now, TJ, towards the the conclusion of proceedings this evening. Wow, it's gone by very, very quickly. That that main section of the podcast really did go by in the blink of an eye. Um, Mayo Monaghan this weekend. In short, I think we we might actually discuss the Mayo Monaghan game next week, TJ, in a lot more detail when the game is indeed over. I find it much easier to talk about the game once it's been actually played because you can yeah. you know what has happened then. It's very hard to guess what's going to happen in games I find that a very tricky element this is something I've actually struggled with quite a lot on this podcast yeah it's not easy done and I would probably leave it to people who are more qualified in that area than ourselves look at Monaghan or a team from Ulster they wear blue and white they're going to come down to Castlebar at the weekend with 15 players they're going to play us and if they win they'll indeed win the two points and if we win we will get the two points and I think that in essence is what's going to go down in Mikhail Park the big things that I'm looking for, as always, following this Mayo team, I'm looking forward to potentially hearing Mayo inbreds go absolutely do lally at players in the stand. I'm looking forward to Kevin McStay giving another fabulous interview pre and post game. And of course, as always, we are looking forward to seeing lots of Mayo inbreds out with the fabulous Mayo players in the pitch afterwards. These are the things that we are looking forward to. The game will take place, TJ. It'll come and go. Mayo will play well. They'll do their stuff. Probably win because we're absolutely flying it this year. But uh, the main thing is, in my opinion anyways, is up Mayo and Mayo are back for me. I think, Fat Larry, you've kind of hit the nail on the head, as it were, with your sediments there. 
And I would like to take this opportunity to echo those sentiments as fully and as wholeheartedly as I can. Now, it's coming up to the end of the introductory part of this podcast and indeed the end of the show. It's been an absolute privilege to sit with your good self, Fat Larry. It's going to be tough for us now. We'll have to dress ourselves back up and head out into the working world and pretend to be normal functioning human beings for another couple of days. But all the while, tipping away in the back of your mind is the idea that may we're back. May we're back in a National League filing. They're back at the top of the league. And all things are going very, very well into what this shortened season will be. And the championship, as it roars around the corner... We can't predict who's going to win it out. But one thing that we will predict is that May We're Back are going to have a simply stunning season filled with podcasts, filled with maybe interviews, possibly getting a little guest on to chew their ear and chew the fat over what's coming up for this Mayo team. There's a whole host of possibilities. So we would say to our loyal May We're Back and indeed cordial May We're Back listeners out there, do get in touch. Let the inbreds know what the half-bakes want. And whether you're feeling half-baked, inbred, or fully not well at this time of the season, we're here for you. And this is your little unwellness podcast that is just going to keep you tipping over as we go from game to game. Fat Larry, is there any final sediments you'd like to echo before we wrap up today's show? Well, look at TJ, I hope the Mayo are back. Listeners, old and new, have enjoyed the show this evening. We hope that the sediments that we have brought to the table this evening have left you in a highly manifested, uh, feverish uh, state of Mayo and Wellness. We hope to see you and hear from you during the week. We will be back, all going well, next week for the big preview of the National League final. And of course, we will really dissect that Monaghan game in great detail. So you will not want to miss that. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Mayo do do do. Thanks for having me, Fat Larry. Up Mayo. Good score, Paddy! Good ya, buy ya! Paddy This is heartbreaking. It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. That's Kerry Hurism as they want to say. Oh, look at Brian Sheehan What those in capital letters. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he goes, oh, yes, go away, keep going, away, go away, go away. It's all over. One time. It's all over. We're oh, going to have to do it all over God. again next Saturday evening. Back one more time. Get back. Get back. Get back. Back to where you once belonged. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. Get back, Joe. That game had everything that you want to see except a male win.